Yes, hello folks, welcome to a special episode of Beyond the Pitch. I'm your host as always, Phil Brown, flying solo today. And I must say, I've been wanting to get this gentleman on the show for, I would say, at least two years. Uh, John O'Kane, of course, former Manchester United player, uh, Everton player, um, and uh, a guy I've followed on Twitter for a long time. First of all, I have immense respect for John being a professional footballer. It's something that so few people who kick a ball ever get to accomplish. Uh, and of course, also play for a club like Manchester United, something that millions upon millions of kids around the world dream of and less than 0.1% will actually realise that dream. This man on the other end of the line did do that and as I said I have immense respect for him and of course uh, is always very honest when it comes to his football club which probably costs him um, some some dough because I'm sure if John was willing to say all the right things and do all the right things uh, he would be getting an yeah. TV paycheck but um, <laughs> you know, boy on your age and stuff is in the same boat. And I think that's part of the reason why, John, I have a man's respect for you. Look, what I will say about United, um, and first of all, welcome to the show, mate. But um, what, I I will say, what I will say about United, John, is, um, look, they've given me content in the past, right? And they do. And, they, and, and, I'm, and I know that they vehemently disagree with a lot of what I say. Um, they've never come to me and said, you can't say this or say that. Uh, yeah. I'm sure if I was a bit played a bit nicer... They'd be they'd cooperate a bit more, but I have to say I commend them on what they do do with me anyway, and um, yeah. we're all entitled to reviews. But first of all, like mm. I said, John, welcome to the show, mate. And how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, finally, get to speak. Um, yeah. Busy, busy times, but uh, yes, it's um, my times. Like I say, yeah, it's, it's good to uh, finally hear your voice. Yes, mate. Finally, great to have you on. Before we get into United and all that, there. How is life treating you personally? Uh, I mean, everything good, okay? Well, after coming out of lockdown and all that, yep. Yeah, like I say, I uh, I'm basically retired now. To be fair, um, playing a lot of golf uh, with a few few mates. Um, I, I say I, I stopped playing at about twenty eight, twenty nine, mm-hmm. and like I say, I'm doing a book at the moment, so it's all in my book. Uh, why I quit really early, um, and I basically had to re-educate myself. And I went uh, back to school and everything. And um, so I've been doing the teaching routes, uh, colleges, universities, um, primary schools, care homes. I've done all that the last 15 years. That's class, man. And I've just sort of, this year, I just thought, I need a break. Yeah. You know, when you just get a little bit mentally mm-hmm. drained. And mm-hmm. I say, I love kids. I've got three kids. And it can be tough looking after, yeah. you know, in a school setting, about 30 kids. And 15 years of doing every kind of care work. Um, I don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed it. It's been it's been a blast. You meet some unbelievable characters. Um, but I'm sort of I'm 45 now, and I'm just sort of you feel it a little bit. You know, it can be it can be draining. Um, I just thought, well, I've got a good, I've got a good mate in uh, Richie Wellens, who yeah. said that I could do a bit of scouting for him. So that's gonna be a nice little sort of retirement thing where I can just go and watch a bit of footy, which would be good. Well, mate, first of all, one of the things that I've learned during this lockdown is they appreciate educators. People appreciate people who do have kids, 30, 35 kids in a yeah. classroom. You know, my God, I mean, you just get a glimpse of what their life is like, you know. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm in the house here, you know, swinging like a Hollywood housewife half the time, you know, at the, at the kids because they never, <laughs> or Jamie Mandel, you know. <laughs> so uh, I know yeah. exactly what it's like. So uh, I have nothing but respect for educators and people like yourself. You should have got the snip. I, I had the snip. Oh, I got three. it, trust me. Three, three was enough. Have you had it done? Uh, not only did I get it done, uh, I, I, I didn't just get the snip, I got my masculinity snipped as well. I, oh, I, I, uh, I climbed on a table, first of all, I'm not going to lie, I was absolutely petrified, right? And, yeah. Um, I'm not joking, yeah, it was a little Asian doctor and I climbed on the table <clears throat> and he told me to drop a drop of trousers and all that there. And, yeah. No, it's freezing in the room, right? That was my, honestly, I was definitely freezing, it's part of my excuse, right? And uh, he's walking around the Triple table up. for he's walking around the table for ages. And I'm like, what? Are we gonna get started here, doctor? And he's like, look, you're gonna have to give me another ten minutes or so. Yeah, find this thing. I'm like, what? Oh yeah. I had a female nurse do mine, so that was, that was pretty uh, a bit like a tur- turtle and went back in its place, didn't it? I, lo- oh. I lost everything there. Didn't see the lot. It wasn't good. But, uh, got it done. Thank God. <laughs> he, he, well, the doctor he turned around and looked at me, and then looked looked at me downstairs, and he goes, "Well, it's a good thing that uh, 
the Irish are good with their tongue. I think it's uh, one bad. Like <laughs> That's shocking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my sh- my showed up as well. It did, it did. It's not a good. Uh, it's, it's not a good place to be, but yeah. it had to be done. It had to be done. It definitely had to be done. Listen, um, I want to talk to you about United, of course, because um, I had uh, Danny Hig Danny Hig on the show yesterday. Uh, we talked. Yeah, it's on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we talked quite a bit about United. First half, second half of the <laughs> season. Um, You've played the football club, you've been played in the fans, John. Uh, I want to ask you before we get into second half of the season, first half of the season, your views on Solskjaer generally. Um, yeah. What's your take on Solskjaer so far uh, and what we've seen? Well, it's a big question, isn't it? Uh, as I say, uh, every United fan has got a different opinion, you know, on Ollie, what he's done. He's, he's had, what, 18 months now, isn't it? So mm-hmm. you can see, I, look, I'm, I'm not daft, you can actually see what he's trying to do. And I, and I know a coach there, I play golf with, um, Asni, uh, Al Joffrey, and he he said the whole structure of the club is, is being changed yeah. um, to where it sort of used to be. So, look, that, that that's a positive. Like I say, it's a positive uh, that he's trying to get that, um, you know, the... Um, attitude sort of right in the club and I think it's he, he mentioned to me once that there was a youth team player that didn't um, celebrate with one of the um, when he scored a goal mm-hmm. and Schultz went absolute ballistic and yeah. he went who the who the you know F is yeah. that not celebrating take him off now mm. and, he, and he brought him off so there is a, uh, there is I tweet before but it, there is a root streak apparently behind yeah. the scenes that, that he's got which is you know, the, the it looks like the atmosphere is definitely changed the players seem to be playing for him don't they so look he, he definitely can see improving that but I still yeah, like the, the other fan the Oli you know, the Oli outs they, they look mm-hmm. at the, the table how many points were behind Liverpool mm-hmm. and Man City and I, I get it he's over the years is it seven or eight years it's, it's been a mess you know structurally behind the scenes everything buying players the wrong type of players and I think we can see what Oli's trying to do which, which is Commendable, I think. You know, you can see the last, um, I say, you know, after COVID and everything, when we came back, there's something there. You can see that, obviously, Bruno, the Bruno effect is massive for him, to be fair. It is massive. We can see what he's done for the team, which has been a blessing, because I think without him, I I think we would have struggled. Um, Obviously, he's got Rashford back, Marshall's fit, Pogba's fit. So you you can see that he's doing something, and and I've heard behind the scenes, he's not this. You know, nice guy that everyone sees on. He's basically anti Marino, isn't he, in press conferences, yeah. I think, which is probably a good thing because Marino was a bit of a drain, weren't he? Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, we know he, uh, Marino was a winner, um, but it just seems that he was draining the club. And that's what he tends to do in the third, second, and third year, doesn't he? He drains everybody. Uh, but I say, Ollie seems to be the, the anti Marino, which everything's positive. He'll, he'll never single out a player if he's done bad. Look at look at um, David De Gea. He's not in a great time, has he? But he yeah. defend him. So you know, you can see his man management skills. It's is pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. He won't sell his players out. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm still on the fence a little bit because I, I I still say that the important games, like the, the semi final, the other semi final, we failed, didn't we? And there there were two crucial games and we failed. Um, so it's the joy still out, I, I say, but you can see that obviously the, the the progression. I think, yeah, yeah. I think um, you know you judge when you look at what Solskjaer took over. Um, too many people <coughs> look at football statistically and look at it on paper and say yeah. everything is told on paper, but it's not. Everything is told in between. Everything is in between the lines. Mm-hmm. When you look at what Solskjaer has done, sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards. Under uh, uh, Mourinho, yeah, in, in my opinion, John. Mourinho is a, is a serial winner, but the conditions that he needs to be successful was never going to be replicated at United. United were never True. going to give him carte blanche to transfer no. market, to bring in all these players. So he was going to yeah. have to do it under a different set of circumstances at United. Yeah. And United, bizarrely, look, they have to take some of the blame for Mourinho's failure. There's no question. Yeah. And what they can't yeah. do is... The, pre, the most optimistic time I've had since Ferguson went was in Mourinho's season where he finished second. And at that yeah. point, United finished six points ahead of Liverpool. I think it was five or six. Yeah. yeah. So 
the club has gone backwards since then, and I think this summer United cannot repeat these mistakes because what Solskjaer has done, and this when when United hired Solskjaer, uh, let's be honest, John, right? It was United have stumbled upon the solution. It wasn't as a result of singling out the best candidate that got the job because of selling them on any type of body of work of what they've done previous or any type of vision. It was a temporary appointment yeah. that turned into a permanent appointment because of what he did. Uh, yeah. and obviously, being a legend, he has the support of the fans and all that there. Um, but what Solskjaer has done now, in my opinion, is he has removed doubt to, for him. Obviously, there's another question to be answered. Can he win the league, right? But the next question that needs to be answered now is not by mm-hmm. Solskjaer, it's by the football club. It's by the club that's saying, okay, are you going to back him this summer? Learn from what you mm-hmm. did under Mourinho 2017-18 yeah. season. Give him the players that he needs to capitalise on his momentum. Or are you a football club that's happy with top four? We'll find that out this summer. So for me, I think the club are on trial this summer. If you're if you're, if you're Solskjaer, what are you asking for this summer? That, exactly. You know, we don't know what Oli is, is said to the Glazers or uh, Woodward. So it's one of those... I don't. I honestly don't know what how the relationship is, but he's in there because he's he tends to be he's sort of harmless, isn't he? And he, he you know he gets on with the Glazers. He's never going to say a bad word. He don't he don't he don't go against his bosses. He won't he won't sell out or anything like that like his players. So he, in a way, he's a perfect candidate, isn't he? Um, he, he like I say, he's the anti Mourinho. He's never going to come out and uh, and say anything too controversial. He's very good in press conferences. And you think about it. Um, and it can grate on a lot of people because the fans want to hear him say, I, I tweeted this in one of my columns, my columns as well, that I want him to say, like, you know, what Mike uh, Arteta said, that, that, you know, about Arsenal, this this side needs investment and we need players. I want to hear him say that. We, obviously, we, we know we, we know he wants that, but I think if he said that, it would give a little bit of oomph to, you know, to the Glazers and lots I want to build on this. Do they want to build on this? I, I, I honestly don't think it's what is it now? Every every year for the past four or five years, fifty, sixty million net. Mm-hmm. People forgetting this. It's saying that we spent hundred and fifty odd million last season, whatever it was. Net wise, it, it was nothing, was it? And you think about how big this club is, and we're spending fifty, sixty million. You know, I think Ollie's got to come out. We, we can spend three hundred million. It's not a problem. You know, it shouldn't be a problem paying, paying you know, 300 million um, in this window. It shouldn't be a problem. But you know it's going to be, hopefully, Sancho. And I can see him getting some sort of, a couple of English players, you know, uh, squad fillers. I really do. I hope not. Because, like I say, I, I've got a little list that I think that he should be going for. But it's, I don't know. I, I just don't think the funds are going to be there. I think, it's a, like you said, it's not a football club. It's a business. And that's the way the Americans run it. You know, unfortunately, we haven't got City owners or Chelsea owners who who see it as a little toy for them to play with. Mm-hmm. The, these Glazers want, they, they just want the dividends. They want the money. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, they want money. That's why they've invested zero. Fans, there's a lot of fans don't understand this. Yeah, we've spent, you know, hundreds of millions. We haven't, they haven't spent niche. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the fans need to understand this, that, that they're in it for the money. They're not in it for the, for the love of Man United. I'm a man, like I say you and a lot of fans were Man United fans. I say Ole is an employee. I have no affiliation to any of the players at all. It, it, I'm, I support Manchester United, and I want obviously through me tweet whatever. I want the best for Man United. Whether that's if Ole's not good enough, I don't care. I want the best in class, like Gary Neville always says. There should be a best in class. There should be a DOF. I don't understand why they still can't get. Um, is it Paul Williams, the guy, whoever it is, he, he's, he's like outstanding for... Oh, got, yeah, might, yeah, I know you're talking about. You're talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I know you're talking about. Paul Mitchell, that's it. Yeah. Why Why have we not gone out and got, um, you know, um, Randa Saar? Do you know, just someone who's yeah. uh, Ajax, someone who knows what they're doing. Um, I think came out recently saying, oh, we're looking for DOF again. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. You, you know it ain't going to happen because Woodward wants control. End of. Well, he, 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 you know, he, the Glazers have got a banker there who, know, who they know is going to make them money. That's the bottom line. Yeah. That's why he's there. He shouldn't be anywhere near the football, the football side. And that's what pisses me off. Like, but I mean, John, I will say this. I think 
after the game against Leicester, Solskjaer was asked mm. about this, and his comments, very similar to what we've seen with Mourinho in the past, where Mourinho also said the same thing. He said, Mourinho said at the end of his season as well, I've given the board a list. I gave him a list in March. It's up to them to go yeah. get the players. Right? And they repeatedly failed. Now, Solskjaer said the same thing. He goes, I've already told Edward what we want. I, it's now mm-hmm. over to him to go get these players and go get them. Uh, and, and, and so what I will, what United have to, have to be cautious of, what you have just said, they will never get it any better than this. They will never get a guy who's going to sit no. in that chair, who's going to be loved by United fans, who's not going exactly. to criticise the Glazers, who's going to say everything that needs to be said. He's going yep. to say it right. He's going to do everything right. He's going to. He, they will never get a candidate better than this who ticks all the boxes, who's so fan-friendly that they don't have to worry about, like Mourinho's yeah. going to go into a press conference and slaughter them. You know, Solskjaer's not going to do that. So this is as good as it gets for United in terms of a candidate that, yeah. that they that they know is predictable. Um, that they, but, can, they can control, basically. Right, right, right. So, yeah. yeah, so they're not going to have a Mourinho situation where he's going to go into a press conference where everyone's, you know, arseholes puckering and they're going, what's he going to say? You know, they know that Solskjaer's not going to criticise the glo- the owners. He's not going to criticise yeah. the club. He's not. He, but um, so they'll never get it any better than this. This is as good as it's going to get. But what I will say is, if Solskjaer doesn't mount a title challenge next season, and if United, he says at the end of this window, he's happy with the squad, then he mm-hmm. has to take responsibility for the failures because he should have been stronger yeah. on transfers last summer and demanded. Look, when we talk about expenditure. Right, net and all that. United amortize the transfer fees right over the course of their contract. So ultimately, it's wages is the biggest parameter. And when you look at how many players the club have let go over the last number mm-hmm. of years, how many midfielders mm-hmm. were allowed to let go, it weren't replaced. Maguire's fee was obviously contingent upon Lukaku being sold. I believe yep. the reason why Bruno yep. Fernandez wasn't signed last summer and was signed in January is because it, the January fee is coming out of this summer's budget. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. So you've got a situation where United have so much waste on their wage bill. Phil Jones doesn't have a body that can hold up to the regular professional sport, shouldn't be there. Sanchez, yep. ridiculous waste, right? Pereira, all these players that have no hope of ever being good enough for Manchester United. They shouldn't be there. That are that, that are that's the reason why United's wage bill is too high. They also got bailed out with Mason Greenwood and they got a freebie, right? World class talent. Yeah. So the reason why United are in the top four is because of the Bruno Fernandes signing, right? If they didn't make that signing in January, which was touch and go up until the last minute, they're not in the Champions League. The Glazers do not get credit for spending money. To me, this is the equivalent of stealing, pickpocketing somebody's watch and selling it back to them, right? So they they don't get credit for that because they sold the watch on a a discount. You stole it from in the first place, right? So... This is a summer where United cannot bullshit anymore. They cannot turn around and say we're a football club, we're, we're this, we're that, we're, we have any ambition. The answer will be on how they recruit. And make no mistake about it, John, not sending Jude Bellingham for me is a mistake and, a, and it's a bigger loss than what people realise because United need quality young talent and they need to build out that squad with young players that are capable of stepping in and being good enough. Um, I don't want to see players like Pereira playing this team anymore because we've already got the answers to the questions that he's not good enough for this football club. Never will be. Mm. So that's a loss and it's a big concern again. Why can't United attract a young talent from the championship to Manchester United? That that is a that would never happen in Germany. Bayern Munich went after a second player in the second division yeah. in Germany. They wouldn't lose him. They'd get him. That's a big concern. So. Be, be, tell me what players do you think you needed need this summer? Uh, just to go back on the the Pereira thing before I do yeah. that, I think Oli came out and said it might. I don't know if it's a proper quote, but he did say that Pereira was going nowhere and he'll be yeah. here for next season, yeah. which I thought was a little bit Jesus. I don't yeah. You know, because uh, we, we know look, he's, a, he's a really good kid. Apparently, he trains like yeah, an absolute beast. He's brilliant at training. That's fine, but. Technically, he's not good enough, and no. we know that. He, he, you know, he he filled in when no one else was there. You you, you got to give him credit. The pressure that kid must have been under to perform in Man United's midfield yeah. is ridiculous. I, I played a few games, and the pressure was was immense. And it's, it's in my book, yeah. and and I and I explain exactly how I felt. Yeah. 
it's a management for him to play in that number 10 role, uh, midfield, all over the place. You've got to take hats off to Priya because... The amount of stick he gets on Twitter is ridiculous, you know. So, yeah, I know. I yeah, I, I, I know you, you've got to respect the lad and anyone who came in that time because being yeah. the biggest club in the world and you've got to put up with mm-hmm. the amount of shit you get on Twitter yeah, all of the, you know. And the, so, I think I you've got to, you know. Um, but yeah, he, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be anywhere near that first team. Um, yeah, look. I know we need we need another centre half. I'd, I'd say we need probably two centre halves. I know it's a push, but I will go for the the kid at uh, is it Leipzig, the upper upper Menko. Uh, I've wa- I've watched him and the way he brings the ball out and he's strong. Mm-hmm. He's a bit like Koulibaly, but he's more mobile. Mm-hmm. And you could even see him progressing into like a CDM as well because mm-hmm. he's 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 huge and he he looks really flexible. It's just someone that. I don't think he'll cost that much either. Um, mm-hmm. So it's on them. I think it's centre half. I would still go for Koulibaly if he's available. But you know, he, he, we could have got him last couple of years. Nothing's happened of it, has it? Um, yeah, I, I still say we need two full-backs. I really do. And is it the Tells lad, uh, Teals lad? Oh, I think you pronounce him. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's available. I, 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 you know, it might get a bit of stickless, but I still don't think. Um, Bissaka is, uh, is, you know, is technically, you know, look, he's a, I hate putting players down, but I, I look at the technical aspect of players and I just don't think he's, he, he's still young, he could get better, but it's just a fundamental thing where it's simple passes and like being able to whip a ball and just simple things that, you know, we, we know we can slide tackle, like that's a given. We bought him because... He had the best stats of tackling at Crystal mm-hmm. Palace. I don't think much went into thinking this kid's got to attack as well. So I, I still say we need another a right back, which ain't going to happen. Luke Shaw injuries. Uh, the Williams kid is a, is a really good, honest kid, and I know his agent. I play golf with him, mm-hmm. um, and he's, he's a brave as anything. You know, he, yes. he put his body on the line. But I still, again, I don't think he's good enough. So we need a left mm-hmm. back, and you're looking at a holding midfielder. Um, there's a few out there. You look at the party. Is it 25 million? Yeah. Uh, so 50 million. Someone. I think Arsenal offered 25 million. Yeah. Yeah. He's there. There's Neves. There's uh, Sound. Niguez. There's so many out there. We just think fucking go 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 and lump on, mm-hmm. and just just buy these players that we need. I think Ollie's obviously got an eye on somebody. I hope it's not Rice. I know a lot of play, people like Rice, mm-hmm. but looking at it from a, an ex footballer, you know, I, I don't see him as mobile as. Mm-hmm. You know, even Matic, I don't think he is he, mobile. He's a nice, you know, ten, ten, you know, ten-yard pass. He, he's nice and neat, but I don't see him. I don't want him at United. To be, in, in my opinion, I just don't think he's good enough for Man United. He's definitely not worth eighty million, whatever it is. You know, and I, I still say, I was just say, a left wing and a right wing. So I really, I really want to see uh, Marshall. I think Marshall's out, been outstanding this season up front, mm. and he can. Yeah, I think he's more dangerous on the left coming in, coming in. Obviously, the Sancho Sancho should be a done deal. Stop mm-hmm. pissing about mm-hmm. hundred million, whatever it is. Just go and do it. The haggling yeah. again. I can see Woodward haggling. Put in, did he put a ninety-five million pound? Um, was it ninety-five euro, million euros, something like that? You put in for him, and they've, they've rejected it. Well, now we're going to end up paying hundred twenty. Just do it. You yeah. know. It, here's the thing, John. Right? I understand when you're talking about ninety, ninety-five million pounds, not like that. Business yeah. at that end, right? You never just don't walk in and say, here's an 85 pound million jack. No. I know that there's going to be a lot of negotiation, a lot of things that don't make the headlines that are boring, but you know, it's yeah. going to be a business that end. It's just, uh, but what I don't want to see happen is I don't want to see a protracted saga happen where it gets dragged out over the summer. Solskjaer has no idea whether he yeah. is going to have this player's disposal or not. Because to me, I think Daniel James is not good enough for the ball in front of the defender. What I will say. And, and so this is where I have a concern on the right-hand side, right? So if you've got Daniel James and Wan-Bissaka start making him, I worry about quality. Because one thing about Wan-Bissaka is he's not the complete player, right? He's a very, no. very good defender, but you're Manchester United. Manchester United are going to spend most of their games attacking. And when yeah. you're a wing-back today, you have to have much more to your game. You look at, I hate to use this example, but Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold. They give yeah. Liverpool so many options going forward. 
right? And, and, and so I think if you're going to be a Manchester United player, you have to be comfortable on the ball. You have to be able yeah. to add another dimension. And look, Wan Bissaka last few games, he looked tired, he, he, but he looked really cumbersome on the ball. Um, and Luke Shaw to me doesn't give us enough going forward. He doesn't score enough, doesn't create enough. Um, and this I is know, the best Luke Shaw. Yeah. Man, this may be the best Luke Shaw we've seen. You need a yeah. of break in his leg. Um, yeah. So, but for me, I think when I want you and Sancho bad, don't get me wrong, right? But when I look yeah. at necessity, right, and when I watch Manchester United. Some of the weaknesses are obvious. One of the weaknesses mm. that is obvious is they cannot play it from the back. And I think for two reasons. Oh, God. I think for two reasons. Number one, they don't have a ball-playing defender. And number two, I think they have a big problem with linking up the midfield because Nemanja Matic is not the most tactical player in the world. And so when he yeah. gets the ball to his feet, with his back, where, where he's facing his goal, and we even seen Pogba yeah. do this, Right, we saw Maddox do this yeah. against Bournemouth where he tried to play the ball back to Baye. It hits Baye <laughs> on the arm and the shoulder, right? And then we saw Pogba yeah. do it against Southampton get caught in possession. So yeah. you almost need a defensive midfielder that is tactical too, that can pick up the ball, maybe like a Pjanic or something like that. They can pick up the ball, they can defend, but also is comfortable on the ball. They can yeah. move the ball quickly and set up attacks. I don't think Maddox yeah. gives that to you. And I think so... If out of necessity, I also feel that United's ball playing centre back has to have pace because they play such a high line that Maguire isn't lightning quick. So you need that player that when the ball's knocked over the top, you need to have that pace. And uh, they, uh, uh, I mean, we've had it in the past with the likes of Rio Ferdinand, technical on mm. the ball, you know, very, very good. I think they're missing that type of player. And to me, yeah. as I want Sancho bad, but if. The most, to me, the most important thing they make this this summer is a left-sided centre back. That is absolutely they can't win the league unless they do that, because it's too, it, it causes problems with their build-up play. They become slow. They become predictable. And I'm sick and tired mm-hmm. of seeing Lindelof and Maguire call for midfielders to show, and then they hit a slow sideways pass. And once you know, mm-hmm. as John, once the professional football team gets set, right, they're very very hard to break down. You know, so you need to move up all quickly. Mm-hmm. So to me, that is something that you need to have. Um, and, and, you know, a, a defensive midfielder that is much more mobile, I agree, and, and, and of a higher caliber. I think mm-hmm. what will happen, I think they'll get Sancho, right? I think they'll end up, it'll be some negotiation, probably be close to 100 million with add ones and all that there, right? Yeah. But outside of that, I'm really not sure. Um, uh, so okay. if you if you could only pick three players this summer, who would it be? Yeah, it would be um, it'd be oh that's a, that's a bugger Sancho definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go for I fancy that Upper Menko. I really do. Uh, Upper yeah. Yeah, I know he's right footed, but I can say with the Maguire thing, I still think he can play the left side. I think he's always played that left side anyway, uh, for, even for England as well. So I think he can do the left side. It's not a problem. Um, and I will go with ooh, three, Phil. You've done me now. <laughs> um, I'll leave the fullbacks alone for now. They'll look it. So I've got, we'll leave, we'll leave the goalie alone. That's fine. Oof. It's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be um, either Neves or. Sal, I think something like that. It's got to yeah. be, yeah. It's got to be someone technical because, like, you, you've answered, you've said everything about the wide. I don't understand why United play from the back. They can't mm-hmm. do it. The keeper can't mm-hmm. do it. The two centre halves can't do it. Matic, if he's got space, he, he, he can. He can. He takes too many touches. But yes, when he's got space, he, he can thread a, a pass through the lines. That's fine. But when it's tight, even Pogba can't deal with it. Getting it off the back four, they can't. The the two, they're not sharp enough for me. Pogba needs space to run into with the ball. Then he's unstoppable. He, I think he's a liability when he's playing in that holding role ish with with Matic. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? So sure, yeah, go ahead, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, far too deep. So we need a ball play. So we need a ball playing uh, CDM. Uh, who can handle the ball? Just handle the ball and just just play it so simple. You know, in a little half turn, you know, like like um, like uh, Gundogan and mm-hmm. the City players, they know how to manipulate the ball. I always say this on Twitter: manipulation of the ball and man. It, it, it's so underrated that, like, when you get carry course goals, they, they know 
where it's going before they even get it. And that, that, that's the true mark of a, a CDM midfielder. They, they know where the ball's going before they get it. And most players should know that anyway over the pitch. But as a centre midfielder on the half turn, which we, we don't tend to get, they seem to be very square on and they lose the ball. And this passing out from the back is a disaster because not one of them can play. Not one of them. Lindelof can play a little bit, but the rest, it's horrendous. I don't get. I don't get what the what they're doing in training. I just don't. I just don't get them up the field. Boot it up. I'm I'm, I'm screaming at the telly. Just the gear. Just get it up, mate. You're killing yourself. When he's got it at his feet, I can guarantee every Man United fan's like hearts in the mouth, just thinking, just boot it, mate. You're well, killing yourself. When I ask you a question, I was talking to a former Manchester United employee last night. Uh, mm-hmm. we were talk- uh, someone who knows the club very well. Uh, he obviously still has very close connections with the club. Um, we were talking about this summer's business, and he said to me, uh, "You know, if this wasn't a COVID market, the club should still sell Paul Pogba because there's concerns. There's concerns about the workload of a Paul Pogba, Bruno Fernandez midfield." Given that mm. the two top teams, two we've had two the two games we didn't win, Spurs and Chelsea. Now I know in the Spurs game, Pogba and Fernandez didn't start that game together, right? Mm. But there is concerns from what I was told about the work ethic in midfield um, against top teams with the Bruno Fernandez, Paul Pogba midfield, and that mm. who's the one that gets the Rome? that gets to have no very little tactical discipline in the game is basically a, yeah. a number 10 and who is the one that has to do be the legs, right? Yeah. So what I would say, mate, is Paul Pogba, really since the Villa game, was invisible the last few games. I'm sending myself, yeah. you are a £90 million footballer, mate. Show me. Show me you're a 90 million pound footballer. Show me what you, in these You're games. saying and exactly I, what, I, what, what I was watching. Yeah, you, you, you nailed on there, but yeah. I'm looking at it and I'm like, I I rate you. I think you're a very good footballer, but mm. I want to see you make your mark in games where you you need to buy ninety million pound footballers to make the difference in games they have to win. Not the, not when you're three 0 up against Villa. Not when you're three 0 yep. up against Brighton. Right? I want to see you make your mark when against Southampton. Right? Win the game for us. Right? That game puts us in the Champions League. We don't need to go to Leicester and get a game against West yeah. Ham. Go win the game against. You know, the Chelsea, go show me something. In the, you know, I know he was on the bench, but this this is where I get concerned about Pogba, mm-hmm. in that he's now 27. You're at that point in your career where you're no longer a prospect. This is supposed to be your best years. Look where Eden Hazard was at 27, influencing mm-hmm. games every single week. That's my concern with Pogba. Yes, <laughs> I, I've I've had this conversation uh, with a friend this weekend. <laughs> And he he says to me, John, I don't I don't get Pogba. I don't get what he, he's this player that played in two great teams, France, Juve, and he just don't seem to be able to uh, command um, the game. He, he doesn't seem to take the game by the scruff of his neck. Says I'm going to win this game. You never see that from Pogba. I've seen I've seen it once against Man City when he scored. Was it was it two goals? We came yeah, back and exactly. we won the game, didn't yeah, we? That's, that's the only a, time yeah, that where I thought, wow, it's a player there. And I, I just don't see him. I think, he, like we've said, I've said it before, he needs players around him to do stuff. If, if it's going bad, I don't think he's, he's a player to count on. But you're mm. right, the, the two games where you think, where is Pogba? You can see him strolling around, walking a lot. You know when he's frustrated, his arms start going... He knows when he's having a bad game, and he just don't seem to. And Bruno, he said Bruno's doing far too much running, in my opinion. He's like in the playground. He wants to be everywhere, and I feel that's his character. But have you noticed how tired Bruno gets, where yeah. he's giving the ball away constantly? Yeah, he might put one through. His stats are decent, but he's giving the ball away 99% of the time, and. It, you know, it's, it's because he's so tired, because he wants to be raw the Rovers, he, he wants to do everything, and he's been brilliant, I get that. He's doing too much running for me. He, he should be a luxury player where he's where he's assisting Marshall, assisting Greenwood, and his quality on the ball at all times. Pogba, is, he, again, he, he just don't seem to be... You know, I, I actually praised him when we came back from COVID. I thought, mm-hmm. he's looking really bright and yeah. breezy. He, he, he's looking really sharp. 
and the last three or four games, I don't think he's just not. I don't know if it's tiredness or I don't know. But remember that these guys are getting the best facilities every day, the best food, everything. They shouldn't really be tired. Do you know what I mean? They've had a lot of um, lot of rest. So it just don't. It seems to me that there's just something missing in his makeup that wants to grab the game and take that risk. If it's going nice, Pogba's top draw. Yeah. If it's you know like that Southampton game and the last game, you just think, where is Pogba? What? Why is he not running with that ball and trying to shoot and like like free kicks and stuff? It's nowhere to be seen. I'm thinking well, this is a World Cup winner that I keep, keep everyone keeps telling me about, and he's world class. And I think I don't know, I don't like Sunas, but. Soon as I think he's he's and Keane they're pretty much spot on with, with his character. I just don't think it, he, he needs it all to be on well. The game needs to be doing really well for him to do something. And for a they say ninety million pound player, he should be taking that ball like a scold. You know, he's deemed to be amongst all them them elites like in the and or them. That's what the world see him as. You know. I just think he's a bit of a peacock, to be fair. Well, it's all, it's, you know. I, I, let me put it like this, John, right? Last couple of games, the Southampton and West Ham game. Pogba makes a mistake mm-hmm. in the Southampton game where he gets caught in possession. Yeah, Southampton I remember, yeah. All up, right? Yeah. The West Ham game, right? Now, I know people say it was instinct, right? But he's not paying attention. The ball comes at him, he throws his arms in the air, and it costs a penalty. Now, okay, fair enough, you make a mistake. But where's the determination yeah. to put it right? Now, one of the things that we saw early on in the season was this ridiculous rotation between Rashford and Pogba on penalties. And Pogba's yeah. penalty taking um, success was about 50%. Now, you take mm-hmm. a look at Fernandez. Fernandez hasn't missed a penalty. The composure that he's shown from the spot when United badly needed it against Leicester, right? Big penalty, yeah. big balls. Yeah. What have you got, yes. right? Rashford yeah. showed big balls away to PSG. I get that. He did. Yeah. But Bruno Fernandes is still influencing games, still scoring yeah. goals. I don't care if it's a penalty or not. I don't care what it is. He's still nah, influencing games. He is now United's most important midfielder. Paul mm-hmm. Pogba should be that player. Paul Pogba should be the player. Why is Bruno Fernandes, who's come into this football club yeah. halfway through a season, becoming you know why? more of a pivotal player than a guy that's been there a couple of years. Do you want to know why? I had this conversation that he's still a boy. Uh, Fernandez is a man. That's the difference. He's, he he mm. takes responsibility. He's a captain. Look, 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 look at um, sporting yeah. with it. He's a leader. He's a, he's a leader. He's a leader of men. He he he. You know that you can see that the fire. For me, he should be captain next season, no doubt. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the players, yeah, the players want to follow him. He's an absolute. He's a man. Mm-hmm. I still see Pogba still in that that that, that like a, you know the Lingard stuff everything I don't want to bring them into it, but it, it's, they're still kids they still they seem to be babies yeah. and they still love all those social media bullshit you know yeah. I don't think he, he, he still is a boy for me and he plays like the freedom he shouldn't be playing with freedom he should be dragging mm-hmm. dragging his team up and like I say the last couple of years he's been here he's never lifted this 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 club the way he should have. And fans are frustrated because they know we've seen on his day. I always say on his day, he's unplayable. But you need to find that day. You don't see it often. And I was really pleased when he came back from COVID. I thought, hey, yeah. he's playing it simple. He's playing it real. Like one and two touch. He can do this all day. One and two touch. And he can, you know, he looked really mm-hmm. smart. And then he's tailed off again. He's gone into that, 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 mode, that mode again where he's been like a peacock, like a daisy He's not on his toes. I watch him. I study him. And he, he's, he's flat-footed half the time. I'm thinking, you're going to get caught out. You're going to get mm-hmm. caught. And, and this is what happens. He, he's, he's not... He, he's still playing like a, like, a, like a youth player. He just wants to do something like... you know. So it's on YouTube and stuff. And for me, it's one of them... I, I, I would personally probably... I, I, I'd want to sell him and get a couple of good 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 midfielders in there who who want to graft and who, who've got good technical ability and aware... You know, another, basically another another Bruno ish. You know, like like a Neves, like a Sal, them kind of players who are industrious, who 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 want, who want to work and who want to influence the game. For me, Pogba doesn't do it. I don't want to slag him off because he's a tal- he's, he's a quality mm-hmm. player, but it's 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 on his day, and you've got to find that day when he fancies it. You know, I was a bit like that as a player. I can be honest. Uh, I I was I could turn it on any time, and all all my mates or ex players 
will tell you, I could turn it on whenever I wanted. It just wasn't my makeup to be consistent and do it week in, week out, like a Gary Neville. Do you know, like, like, you know, like them. It just wasn't in it. Sometimes I just don't think it's in his makeup to do that. John, the players that do that, you can tell in the first five, ten minutes what type of game they're going to have. Yes, right. you're correct. You're you, right, yeah. You, the players, when, they, when they're in the mood, when they're on, Yep. You'll see it the first five ten minutes, right? And when the players yep. that usually something doesn't feel right, maybe the when the 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 mood going into the match, maybe it's the psychological, maybe they didn't sleep, maybe it's the weather, something, some precondition that gets your mindset wrong going into that game, and it's evident early on, right? Because I've seen yep. this with players I've played with that have immense talent, where you're, they and and uh, maybe the first ten minutes they'll skin somebody, slip past somebody, and and, and yeah. they're on there. Right, we're gonna get a good game, and you could tell it early on. That's to me yeah. the concern with Pogba is that the ability's there, but the, the mentality is the part that concerns me. Is that look, here's a guy we're talking about Bruno Fernandez, been at the club six months, that is legitimately a, a captain material. Even Maguire, oh, yes. who's been there a year, Paul Pogba should be that guy. And and just like you, you said. I want to see him succeed. I don't want to see a failure in Paul Pogba. I want Paul Pogba exactly. to be a legend of this football club. Um, what yeah. I will say is, if he signs a new contract, and I've said this a couple of times, so we don't want to be repetitive, but I mm -hmm. think it's going to be very indicative of what's going to happen at United because Pogba felt let down by the last contract said United didn't fulfill the promises with in terms of yeah. recruitment and all that. If he signs a yeah. new contract, Right, this is a guy that really he would only sign a new contract at United if they're going to have firm commitment to him about squad yep. recruitment, right? Because why? Why why wouldn't he just wait a year when the market restabilizes? He can go in a year and he can go for whatever he wants next year. So to me, I think there's going to be a big clue if Bob was signs a contract about what Manchester are going to do. Um, before you go, John, I ask you about the Europa League, mate, because. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen commentary out there where United fans are saying, oh, United can stroll this. I, I personally don't understand that. I want to see this football club needs to win trophies. This football team needs to win trophies to learn to trust itself, to learn to have confidence in itself that they can go into games and win yeah. it and put silver war. United haven't done a, a travel. Like, I in a position to turn around and say, ah, it doesn't really matter. It matters. And I want to see them go mm -hmm. win it. And, you know, it's a mentality issue as well. Have you got something better to do than win the Europa League? I don't know. Are you, yeah. are you doing something else? So what what do you expect from me in this competition? Uh, trust me, I think Oli will, will be going all out. Obviously, the, the last game, the 5 nil up, so he's going to play all all the French players, Mata, Bailey, he'll play Laird, probably. Gonna, they're all going to come in for that game, no doubt. But after that, yeah. Ramiro, obviously, them kind of players, they're going to come in a gala. They're going to rest mm -hmm. the key players. So uh, don't, don't be surprised that Bruno plays, to be fair. Because yeah. uh, I can imagine him wanting to play every game. That's just the kind of character he is, I think. But uh, I, I think Oli will go all out. And he should do. It's a trophy. End of day. Yeah, and when, when we won it with Mourinho, how good was that night? Quality. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You know, I don't care if he's qualified or not. It's still... I, it, I don't. They've got to go for this trophy. End of. Um, and I think once they get through last... He'll assess who, you know, there'll be stats on, on all the bodies, how they're doing, injuries, all that kind of thing. I think he'll go for it, to be honest. It's a massive it's a massive trophy for him anyway, personally as well. You know, he gave up yeah. the cup final for that performance. Uh, was it against when we... Um, in the, against Ajax in the final? Or? Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, the other day, for against um, Chelsea, when we lost the semi-final. Uh, what was the question? He rested. Sorry, John? He, oh, well, he rested Pogba. Yeah. You know, he rested Martial. Yeah, he rested three players, yeah. all who could do something for that game and yeah. get get to a final. Mm -hmm. And then he, um, and what happened after the game after that? One eight against West Ham. Exactly, it's pathetic. Yeah. So for me, it, it was a ridiculous decision to to rest. Agreed. And I actually put a team out there because I knew he would do it, and I knew I knew he'd go to um, five at the back as well. And I and I called it. Um, I just wish he'd have gone against it, like. But he probably, I don't know. He probably might have looked at the uh, the tweet. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I might I might I might have killed United there. But yeah, the, the team was more or less what I said it sort of would be. And I knew it. I knew he'd go three at the back there, five at the back, whatever it was. And you, know, you, you can't be resting. Greenwood don't need resting. Uh, Marshall's on fire. You bring him off after 60 minutes. 
you know, we, we, we could have won that. We could have won that game against Chelsea. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're not a good team at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they've been hyped up with Pulisic decent. You know, they, they're Giroud playing, who who, who bullied us. Giroud bullied us. That's what won it. It was a ridiculous decision to rest uh, star players. And he brought them on anyway. So it didn't make sense, did it? Exactly. And I hope he learns from it because what I was, I mean, look, Solskjaer's been, I have to say, you know, for the most part, he's been, been great. I hope he learns from it. But United aren't in a position where we can be for, you know, look, one of the un- un- unbelievable things, and this is one of the things that really frustrates me, even under Mourinho, <laughs> like if, when, United, when Mourinho was going for the Europa League, he had to prioritise games in the Europa League over Premier League games because he said this is the best way for us to yeah. get into the Champions yeah. League and we don't have a big enough squad, mm. right, to be able to do this. Why are Manchester United supposedly the biggest football club in the world not able to have yeah. a squad deep enough to compete in all their key competitions? Mm. Look, if you, if the owners are going to take money out of this football club and deprive the club of the ability to have a squad deep enough to compete on all fronts, that's a disgrace. Mm-hmm. So that is something, again, that has to get addressed this summer. And I don't believe in it, given the, the, what, what we've gone through with, since Ferguson left, we're in a position to say this semi-final doesn't really matter. I've got two questions mm-hmm. left, mate, because I want to ask you about your group before you go. Uh, what do you think will happen next season? Next season, what predictions wise? You mean? Of, like, you think they can quality, think they can challenge for the title? Will it be and not maybe not win it, but be in the be in a show for title race? So the top four shouldn't we, be a doubt. Yeah, yeah. We've got to sign at least three, four players this window, which I'll, I'll we'll probably get two, maybe a cheapy British player like King or somebody or uh, Wilson. We'll, we'll, we'll get some random English player coming through um, if we don't get four top quality players in this window at least three then again we're fighting top four we're not yeah. going to City going to be ridiculously strong they're just going to buy a centre half a uh, couple of players and they will be strong yeah. Injury, it all goes on injuries we're, we're, we're now for having players who can't last more than three yeah. or four months in a season you look at Liverpool you don't get any injuries and they play every game. So something's not right in the backroom staff. And this is probably not Ollie's fault. This is going back years. Something in that structure, at the um, the fitness side, something's not right. They should not be breaking down like, like we have every season. There's, there's a madness of injuries. So it all depends on injuries and whether um, this team seems to be a lot fitter. Although, again, we've faded at the end. We, just, we, we got through on... Against Leicester, by skin of our teeth, to get top top, well, top three, top four. So next season, I'm thinking, have to be three, at least three top draw players for any kind of challenge. Because City and Liverpool just can do the same. They don't get injuries, and City have got two teams. So, you know, Liverpool mm-hmm. have only got 11, 12 players, but they all seem to be fit. He never never rotates. He brings on a Rigi. He brings on a centre half. Mm-hmm. The midfielders, he might change one or two, and that's it. They're happy. Whereas United take Bruno out of that team and the the, the dip is just horrendous. It, it's ridiculous. It really so just think if Bruno gets injured after being worked probably too hard, which he probably will because he does too much running, this team's fucked. I'm yeah. telling you now. Uh, I mean, was... You know, it takes, it takes two, two or three players that are going to be um, injured in this United squad and it's back to... Um, back to horrendous football I'm yeah. telling you now so there has to be four at least three or four players brought in top draw who everybody knows that, that who, who we should be getting everybody knows yeah so it's just whether Woodward Arnold all those want United to be um, successful it all comes down to them it all comes down to the Glazers like I've always said you know I get a lot of stick but I lose a lot of followers because I, I, I don't like the Glazers I, I, I think they're all bad you know and you know, I do go against. At the end of the day, I see these. Like I said before, I see these players as employees. I have no affiliation. I don't have to protect anybody like Rio, Gary Neville, Skull. They're all in it because eventually they they they, they, they work for TV and they're probably Gosh. the United ambassadors. They're never going to say anything bad against the players or manager. Yeah, so I get that, and I get a lot of stick for it, but I don't care to be honest. But I, I'll just speak honestly because I'm a fan. That's it. I'm a Man United fan. The next season, unless we get those players, we will struggle, and we'll go back to the midfield that, that we had for the last couple of seasons because nothing's coming in. But hopefully, hopefully, Ollie's you know got something in the background that 
is told the Glazers that what we want and what we need. And it's all down to them, and they it's all down to them. John, I want to say something that may be a bit unpopular. Um, I want to slightly defend Edward Wood here, right? Because in my opinion, if Edward Wood is given a blank check by the by the Glazers, we see a whole different rash of signings. I think Edward Wood operates within the restrictions and the parameters that are put yeah, upon him by the is. owners, right? So. Yeah. I know people think he's the reason why signings don't happen. I don't think that's the, the, the case. I think Edward yeah. is an extremely intelligent guy. I've been in his company. Yeah. He's an extremely nice guy. He may not be yeah. uh, a football encyclopedia. He may not know a lot yeah. about football. But he's not the reason why you know, they don't go out and spend. It's not his money. No, and so he's he has to get his He's doing his this job. This is direct he's result job, of the Glazers and what they say and what restrictions they impose on him. I'm certain if Edward yeah. was given the, the ability to go out and send five, six Galacticos this summer, yeah. that's what he yeah. would do. Um, and I think it's extremely sad that obviously we're fans, we're on the outside, people on the inside, but they have basically turned around and said, you can't mention the owners even on the air. That is totally yeah. unacceptable that we're in a situation where football the United fans can't even call into the football club and have a discussion I, about ownership. Yeah, I, I was there because I was, I, I was actually in the group of this Glazers Out Movement group who, who attached themselves to me and I, I was pleased to let be a little bit involved because no other player would, would come out and say anything. And, and look, I, they knew I wasn't a, um, a household name, mm -hmm. but a few play, a few fans mm -hmm. knew who I was. So it, it had a little bit of weight. And uh, and we know that uh, it's not down to Woodward. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's down to the Glazers. And I completely agree. It, it, I, 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 I just I, think I, it's really sad, man. The business. This, I just think it's really sad that the football club cannot even talk about their ownership without it resulting in you having the phone hung up on you or you being blacklisted yeah. or somewhat. But last and UTV, I was I was there. One one of our guys actually rang in um, yeah. to try and get through, and they just cut him off. I, yeah, that into I, and look, it, it, also let me say this: the employees that work there, right? I, I speak to some of them, John, privately. And many yeah. of them hold the same views. But try to understand, if you're a native mm -hmm. fan, that a lot of these people are not making millions of pounds a year. A lot of these people yeah. are just ordinary people that are that yeah. are skint, that are in a job, that have certain limitations put on them, that they can't sit there and badmouth the owners. No. Uh, and so, We've done that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so, you know, they're not the enemy, in my opinion. So, um, yeah. and, and I, I won't say that I'm, I'm, I'm good mates with Ben Thornley. And he's yeah, on there now. He's lad. on NUTV. He's a great guy, um, you know. And I, I'd it, never sell him out, but he, he's a massive Man United fan. He, he knows, he knows what what's the problem. But you know, you're restricted in what you want. It, what you, you can say, it, it's their livelihood. I understand no. that. I, I got offered to go on NUTV, and I, and I didn't do it. I didn't want to do it because I know I won't mess with anything. Yeah, so, but, you know, Ben was uh, a taxi driver, mate, as you know. You know, Ben needs a Ben, ben is a lovely lad. He needs a taxi driver. You know, it's just oh, a beat for him. Yeah, you know, and, exactly. and like Stuart Gardner. He goes all, he goes all over the world. You know, and he's got, a, yeah. he's got, he's got the best job ever. Goes to away games, everything. He commentates. Mm -hmm. Why would he come out and say anything? We understand that, but when true fans are ringing into a, a show and saying, you know, the, you know, we want, we want answers. Why? They've got to prepare to say something without yeah. obviously implicating the Glazers. They've got to be able to respond. You can't just cut off fans. Well, I, I completely agree. You know. The likes of Stuart Gardner, lovely fella, total gentleman. Yeah. Um, my yeah. issue, mate, is with the players that don't need the money. My issue is with the players that are sitting on millions upon millions upon millions. The likes of Rio Ferdinand, right? Yeah. Who can afford to come out and say something. Not Ben Thornley, who's a taxi driver, who's trying to yeah. feed his family. Yeah, he's not, not, not Paddy Curran. Yeah, not Paddy Curran just sitting living a pay yeah. paycheck to paycheck. Not Stuart Gardner. No, not these people. I'm talking about the players. That have that are sitting on massive wages, right? Let them come out and say something, right? So anyway, man, yeah, before yeah. we go, let me ask you quickly about. Like, tell me about your book. What's in it? What do we expect from it? When can when we can get it and all that? Yeah, so, uh, it was originally going to be done with um, with Wayne Barton, who's done all the uh, mm -hmm. too good to go down. He, he, you know, it's a really good, really good author. Um, but he was, he, I say, he was doing the Cantona book, the Beckham book. So he, he just, he just, we started it, and then we just completed. So he gave it to one of his disciples, uh, Michael Garvey. He, mm -hmm. he, it's his first book with me. So um, we meet up. We do it, you know, uh, every other month. Um, just basically, 
it's basically li- li- live. I, I try to explain about living in living in the bubble and mm-hmm. not really wanting to be in that in in that environment and self-destructing in that way. Nothing like you know alcohol, drugs, or gum. Nothing like that. It was just mm-hmm. me self imploding when because I didn't want to be in that industry. Basically, everybody who knows me knew I was I was I was as good as Gary Neville. They knew I was. Even Fergie said that. You know, I I, I just like I said before. There's a makeup in an every player, and if you haven't got it, then you know you're not going to make. You're not going to be in, the, in this industry very long. And I was sort of, I was at some decent clubs, and I sort of, sort of self-destruct a little bit because I knew it just wasn't for me. So that's why I retired early. Just, just just along those lines, sort of thing. So hopefully it'll be a is good it, read. And um, is there an, is there a response, Gary? I joined to uh, Gary Neville's snipe, but you I remember it was about a year ago where he. You came out here yeah, on social media it. and said, I, I, look, look, I remember I you as a player Neville, with attitude. Yeah, and criticised your attitude. And I remember you're wife coming back and saying yeah. something about you not living in that yeah. bubble anymore and stuff. That's it. Look, that, that's what Gary Neville, that's what Gary Neville sort of um, responded because he, he said I wasn't professional and, and I um, the thought of pulling on the red shirt, I shit myself or something like that. But he doesn't know the full story um, at all. So I... So I responded to that as if to say, like, look, I don't care what medals you've won, son. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't define me as a person at all. You know, I'm bigger than that. It, it, I respect Gary and his, his commentating and what what he's become because he he wasn't, you know, he wasn't blessed with skill, and we all saw that at United. But he worked hard on that and he honed in that. And fair dues is not a problem. But to attack me personally, which I could do, which I didn't. I could attack him. I could attack his family, his father. Mm. I could attack any, any, but I didn't go low. So he come at me saying, "Oh, yeah, the thought of you being uh, a professional at Man United, you shit yourself." Which I didn't. I just Did wasn't good enough. That, no, because he, he, he's. I know the word I want to say, but he, mm. he, he's a bit. He, he's. He can be very, you know, opinionated. We know that he's arrogant and stuff. But that, that's that, that's the makeup he's got. He's a winner. End of. At the time when I was coming through. Yeah, like I say, you, you've gone through mental problems. Yeah. Um, I, I, I suffered a little bit with that, didn't get any help um, with a disability that I had as well. You know, so there was there was other factors that, that I didn't make it as well, as, as good as he said I should have made it. But, you know, end of the day, I was a professional footballer for two Premier League t- uh, sides. For someone who didn't really, really like football or follow football, I didn't do too bad. So the personal attack... I took it on a chin and I said, one day we'll probably meet again and we'll discuss it. Yeah? Well, listen. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, look, mate, I started out this podcast by saying that there's billions of kids around the world that play football. And every single okay. one of them has the same dream of being good enough to play for professional football. And there's very, very few, there's less than 0.1% that actually make it. And then there's an even fewer percentage that actually get to play for a club like Manchester United and get to play for arguably the greatest manager that ever walked the earth. Exactly. That is I, had ten great, I had 10 great years there, buddy. I had 10 yeah. great years. I played football. I knew the level you had to get to be at to even get to a club like United. Right? I knew. And I, I was just, I wasn't good enough to get to English football level and I seen mm-hmm. a lot of the players that were that didn't make it that were exceptional right so oh, yeah. I know the level you have to get at to even get to a club like United and they did not get released and to actually get in the first team and play for someone like Ferguson mate this is something mm-hmm. that so few people the bars Chris Chris uh, Chris Weather said it uh, I think it was last week the bars are full with people up and down England, Ireland, people saying hi that the injury and if they just had it, didn't get a break or a bit of luck or something didn't go their way. And look, I'm sure there are people like that, but we all tell ourselves that, right? Right? Because it is hard to admit that we weren't good enough. You made it, you played there, you put the shirt of this football club on your back, you also played for a muscle football club in Everton. You have nothing to apologise for about your career, nor have you any reason to hide your head. Hold your head high, you played professional football, you lived the dream of millions upon millions of kids everywhere. And mate, there's not a fan of this football club that wouldn't give anything just for 20 minutes in the United shirt. Right, in one game, so you've got no reason to to preface anything with with, uh, with with humility because you accomplished something that 
most of us they'll never I mean we most of us what just want to touch the grass on a, on a stadium tour you got to play in a competitive game so mate well that's it I, I appreciate that buddy like I say it just wasn't in my makeup um, to appreciate and understand what I sort of had if you know what I mean sure. I, I, I was a very uh, happy go lucky guy very laid back too laid back as you'll discover in the book um, but that was just my character. No one's ever going to change me. I've got very strong opinions. I know my faults. I know my weaknesses. And I know my strengths. And I'm not ashamed to say that. that. That's what it comes down to. It's just honesty. I'm a honest person. And like I say, I say it as it is. If you don't like it, I don't give a shit. Do you know what I mean? I'm not rude. I, I, just, I just speak the truth, basically. Like I say, if you're going to attack me personal, expect something back. And then, you know... Well, <laughs> So, for 15 years of my personal life, uh, I've been telling birds I play for AC Milan and play for I said, no, you can actually <laughs> say it for real. <laughs> so, uh, you play with one of the greatest youth teams ever to come through the history of this football club. So, be proud. John, Mel, as the book develops, I'd really love to have you back to talk about excerpts from it, to talk about little bits and pieces, mate. And I've wanted to do this yeah. for a long time. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd really love to get you back shortly if that's okay. Yeah, that's great. No worries, pal. You got me number. Uh, Absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for doing this. Cheers, John. Take care, Phil. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.